Christian Music Digest, issue number eight. Porchlight Family Media. Your source for family-centered content. Porchlightfamilymedia.com. Hello, welcome to issue number eight of Christian Music Digest, an audio newsletter. I'm your host, J.D. Sutter. Thanks so much for joining me. In today's issue, you'll hear the story behind the song, Even If, by Mercy Me. We'll also take a look at some updates from some of your favorite artists, such as Sela, and our feature story is an interview with singer-songwriter Danae Joy. So don't go away. First, let's check out the Artist Updates column. Award-winning trio Sela has released their first album of all-new tracks since 2014. The album, titled Unbreakable, is the group's 10th studio project. The 13-song album features a selection of originals and covers of well-known songs such as Jesus Will Still Be There and Leaning on the Everlasting Arms. Unbreakable is now available at all major online outlets. After a hiatus of five years, recording artist Jackie Velasquez returns with a new album titled Trust. The 10-song offering is the Grammy and Dove Award-winning artist's 18th record and is simultaneously being released in English and in Spanish. Included on the album is a duet with husband and Salvador frontman Nick Gonzalez on the worship anthem Great Are You Lord. Nashville worship leader Brooke Voland has teamed up with solo artist and former FFH member Michael Boggs to form the worship duo Brooke and Boggs. Their debut release is a six-song EP entitled Wildfire. The title is taken from the message paraphrase of Acts 2, which talks of God's spirit spreading like wildfire. This issue's story behind the song column features Mercy Me. Lead singer Bart Millard talks about the message and the meaning behind the single, Even If, which is the debut single from their latest album entitled Lifer. The album dropped in March 2017 and is the band's first album since 2014. So Even If was going to be our second or third single on this album, because you know you always have a game plan that you think is right, and, um, and by the time the album was finished, we were like, what are we doing? This is the... This is a song for the album. This is the, the reason we're in ministry. The reason we do this is to reach people where they are. And this is that song for us in this album. And the whole thing is about, man, we've had bad days. I've had awful days with a child with a chronic illness and, and just realized, man, there are times where I just can't do this anymore. And, and I, I, you know, I want to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that says, you know, I, it, I know that God will deliver me, but if he doesn't, I'm still not going to bow. I'll still worship him. He's still worthy to be praised. And I want to be that guy. And that's what this song talks about is I know what he's capable of, but if he, even if he doesn't come through, he's still my hope because of what he's already done, not what he's doing now, not what these circumstances are doing to me. It's not going to change what Christ has done for me long before this. If nothing else, he's the only thing that's prepared me 
for the circumstance. And so I think that relates to a lot of people and and um and yeah, this is this is even it. Indie artist Danae Joy has been singing since she was a young child. She was one-third of a family singing group for several years and began writing songs during that time. She released her first solo project titled Love Song in 2008, and since then has recorded four more full-length albums, including a Christmas release. Her latest album is a 14-track project called Nobody Like Him, which released in late 2016. I recently chatted with Danae while she was on the road with her family as they minister in churches across the United States. Well, Danae, it is great to talk with you today. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Well, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. Well, the, the first time I heard you perform was many years ago. You were singing with your family, happened to stop by my local church, and you guys sang a song called Just Beneath the Blood, and I loved it from the very moment I heard it. That song is actually included on your debut project from 2008. Can you uh, just tell us a little bit about that song? Of course. Um, that is definitely a favorite song uh, with almost everyone that hears it. We sing it a lot at most conferences we're asked to sing. We usually try to do that song because it connects so well. Uh, my mom wrote that. I believe it's been about 15 years ago that she wrote it. And like I said, it just has a way of connecting with people. And um, it's been a blessing to a lot of people. And I did record that on my first solo album. And then we also recorded it more recently and more professionally on our family album called Incredibly Blessed, which was released in 2013. Yeah. And you mentioned your family. You your father is an evangelist, and so you guys travel all over the place. But you guys have been singing together for for many, many years. What is it like growing up in a family that's so musically inclined? Your brother has also recorded albums. Um, so what what is that like? Well, it's a lot of fun as far as, um, I as long back as I can remember, we sang as a family. And uh, my sister was actually the third member of the trio when I was too young to sing. But as soon as I was old enough really to start talking, I started singing and started requesting solos for myself at our church, which I'm not sure how I got by with that, but I did. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> just started singing uh, every chance I got. And I love family harmony and we love singing together. And it's really all I've ever known, but it is a blessing and a lot of fun. Well, be, being on the road full-time, you're traveling around the country, do you and the family have a, a go-to place, a restaurant or a coffee shop or a cafe that you guys just love to stop at? You know, it's kind of like that that old standby that you know what you can expect when you go in there. Oh, yeah, we do have our favorite spots. Um, some of them are not chains. Some of them are local places that we really enjoy. When we're in Nashville, there's a restaurant called Demos that we absolutely love and we wish we could take with us everywhere because <laughs> it's a nice restaurant and their food is excellent and their prices are very inexpensive. But I'd say one standby is Cracker Barrel, um, which is pretty much everywhere but California. And we like to go there because we know that they have adequate parking for our RV, which is pretty important because you can get in hairy situations in parking lots if you don't know what you're getting into. Oh, I can imagine. So we always can depend on Cracker Barrel. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, well, your music has a little flavor of contemporary and Southern and country. How would you characterize your musical style? That is a hard question. People ask, and I never know what to say. Probably all that you said is true. There's maybe a lot of different influences on our music. And I try to have a lot of variety on my albums. I wouldn't say that you'd be able to pin it down to one style in particular. Um, What I love to listen to more than any other genre is Southern gospel. So I think that has a big influence. And country gospel, I enjoy bluegrass. I enjoy, um, which there's not a lot of bluegrass. Um, That's a question I don't really know how to answer. Now, you, you play the piano. Do you play any other instruments? I don't play anything else very well, but I do play a little bit of guitar. Um, it's actually kind of a neat story. We were preaching for Brother Kenbo in Washington about a year and a half ago, and he gave me a gift. He bought me a beautiful little baby Martin guitar, which is a very nice brand of guitar, and it's a smaller size, so I'm able to handle it a little better than a regular size guitar. And so I've been working at that, and I'm still very limited, but I I do sing and play in church. I have a few songs that I have together on that. And I also play a little bit of ukulele. Again, very limited, but it's a fun little instrument and not as much for in church as just get-togethers, whatever. It's a fun thing to pull out and has such a happy sound. I enjoy that. And it's so portable. You can take it anywhere. Yes, light and small. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Do you do you sit down and intentionally write songs, or, or is it more like you, you start to write when you have some idea or an inspiration of sorts? Um, definitely, I write when I'm inspired about something. Uh, very rarely, if ever, have I sat down and said, okay, I'm going to write a song, and just some great idea comes to mind. Usually, it's a phrase and a message that I hear. Most of my songs come from my dad's messages or other people's messages, and also I'm inspired by real people and real stories. On this last album, there are several songs that came from phrases and messages. I know one thing in particular, Brother Greg Riggin from Kansas uh, used the phrase, you just don't leave what you love. And I believe he was talking about loving the truth, but that phrase, you just don't leave what you love, really stuck to me, and I wrote it down. And I was later reminded of the story of a man, an elderly man in our church that took care of his wife for 12 years. It was really a sacrificial love that he had for his wife. And I thought of that phrase connected with his story, you just don't leave what you love. And that was the inspiration for that song. And then also for Nobody Like Him, the title song on my album, uh, my dad was preaching and talking about John the Baptist and his doubts about whether or not Jesus was the Messiah and sending his messengers to Jesus. And my dad said, I can only imagine uh, when those disciples came back to John and they said, oh, the things we heard, oh, the things we saw. And those lines just grabbed me. And I immediately wrote them down and started hearing the music in my head for that song. So a lot of my inspiration comes from messages and also from real people and their testimonies and things like that. So does it usually happen like that, that you get a lyric first, or, or do you ever uh, sit down and, and write a melody and then end up adding the lyrics later? Every once in a while, I'll get a melody first, and that usually comes when I'm just messing around on the piano, and I'll think that's a that's a neat melody, and sometimes lyrics will come to it. But most of the time, an, a lyric idea or like the main hook line will come, and 
when I start getting more lyrics, usually I can hear the music in my head. Most of the time, the music and the lyrics kind of come together for me. I don't think I've ever written a whole song lyrically and then added music to it. For me, it always comes together. Well, I'm sure there's a listener out there who is kind of curious uh, for a a peek behind the scenes in the studio. Can you share a a little bit about what that experience is like to go to Nashville and record? Yes, uh, that's a dangerous subject. I can talk all day about it. (laughs) It's it's really an incredible experience, um, especially, I think, for a songwriter to see and to hear your song come together like that. Um, obviously it's never been done before. If it started in your head, all the professional musicians and it's just an incredible experience. These musicians come in and they're given a sheet of paper that has the notes and chords and things on it. And they listen through a song they've never heard before about one time. And then they sit down with their sheet of paper and play it through pretty much perfectly the first time through. And when you're sitting there and hearing that music come in, uh, it's just I can't describe the feeling. It's really amazing. And um, it's a privilege to be able to work with such talented people. And I feel very blessed to have that opportunity. And I pray that it's a blessing to others as much as it's just a fun experience for me. (laughs) So you referenced your most recent project, Nobody Like Him, which released in 2016. There's quite a few tracks on there, 14 tracks on this project. How many songs did you write for the project, and how do you end up choosing which ones to include on the final lineup? Well, I wrote 13 of the 14 tracks. Um, He's an on-time god, obviously. has kind of been a standby for a long time, and I always enjoy singing that song and decided that um, I wanted to add it to this project. Uh, But 13 of the songs are original, and I did start with a much larger amount of songs, And it's always difficult to try to sort through them and decide what's the right lineup for an album. The Bible says there's safety in a multitude of counselors. So I try to kind of spread it around and get people's opinions, mostly my parents and others, if I can. And also another good test is to sing a song in church and see what the response is. Not every song on the album would go over great in a service because it's more of just a private listening kind of song. But it's good to know what, what the response is to a song and if it's a worthwhile song and if people will receive it well. And that's a good test, I would say, for knowing what to sing. But it's it's a hard process trying to narrow down. And I didn't narrow down very well, as you can see. I ended up recording a lot of songs on this album. Um, but I think that it has a lot of good variety, and I'm I'm very happy with the outcome. I really like the project. It's my favorite release from you so far. I, I really enjoy it. I, I play it all the time. So it's it's a great album. Well, thank you. So so what happens to those songs that don't quite make it? Do they, you go back to the drawing board and kind of retool them a little bit or do they just get uh, left aside? Well, I guess probably both happen. They hardly ever get canned. Um, my voice memo app on my phone is filled to the gills with songs that are half-baked and not finished. Um, But I hardly ever delete them, only when I just decide, okay, that's not going to work. Sometimes I'll delete it. But it's full of songs that aren't finished yet, but I still think have potential. So some songs that I don't record on a previous album, um, I will come back to and rework. And I'm actually in the process right now of going through some some older songs that I've written and trying to uh, finish them and make them better, and maybe make them worth recording on a future album. 
Do you have a, a cool story that you could share that someone has has maybe uh, shared with you about how one of your songs has ministered to them? Ooh, uh, yes, there's quite a few. I, you know, we get a lot of positive feedback, which is always really encouraging. People talk about what a blessing it is, and that's always so good to hear. One young lady in California, I think that was a newer convert, um, told me that the song that I'd written when I was quite young, What a Love, that's uh, recorded on an older album. She just talked about how much that song meant to her as a new convert and just made her weep and was just such an encouragement to her. And that was really good to hear. Another young lady said that Take Me to Jesus just really kind of said what she felt in her heart. And that song especially seems to really connect to a lot of people. And just the other day at a church, a lady told me, she said, I just weep every time I hear that song. It just connects to my heart. And um, so anyway, stories like that are always great to hear and we appreciate it. And it reminds us again of why we really do what we do in recording music. And it really can be a blessing to people and encouragement. And that's why, that's why we do it. Oh, absolutely. Now, do, you mentioned the, the woman who said that she just weeps every time she hears that song. Do you have a song that um, affects you in that way? Not not one of yours, but some uh, another song that you just absolutely love listening to? Oh, my. <laughs> yes, there are many, I'm sure, that really touch me deeply. And I'm a music lover. I love to listen to music all the time. Uh, one song that's more of a recent release that really just connects to my heart every time I hear it is by the Isaacs on their new album, Nature Symphony. And I love the Isaacs. They're my favorite singing group. Uh, But this song is titled None So Lovely. And it kind of, the first verse just kind of describes some beautiful things in nature. And then the chorus says, the crown you bore in my place, the blood that ran down your face. There's none so lovely, Lord. There's none so lovely as you. The shame that pierced holy hands, the cry that conquered my sin. There's none so lovely, Lord. There's none so lovely as you. And in all the beautiful things we see in the world, the picture of Calvary, which some may not see as beautiful to us, is the most beautiful thing we could ever see. And the bridge of that song says, how lovely that you love me. And that line I just love. It's just amazing that the God of glory would love me. And that song has really been a blessing to me. Oh, that's great. I haven't heard that one. Uh, I, I like the Isaacs as well. I don't follow them too closely, but man, I'm going to have to check that one out. So thanks for sharing that. You're welcome. Are the CDs only available directly from you or do you have CDs through website as well? CD Baby or something like that? Well, yeah, you can, if you want a physical CD, right. the best deal definitely is to order straight through us. Okay. Uh, and you keep more of it too when they order directly from you, correct? I mean, right. you don't have to give a cut. And we only to... sell them for $10. So it's just ordering through us is the best deal for everybody. But if they want it, I mean, it doesn't bother me at all if they want to order a physical CD through another form if they can find it, but it's not readily available. So through us would be the easiest process. And if they want to get it off of iTunes or listen to it on Spotify, whatever, we encourage all that. We don't try to, that's all that stuff is great. But if they want a physical CD, definitely the best deal for them and probably for us too, but yeah, is to order directly through us. Well, and now, now that you bring that up, I'm always curious how uh, how the uh, the content creators feel about the whole streaming uh, system. You know, the way that music distribution is going these days. Very few people actually order physical CDs. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
a lot of people, you know, opt for the, for the digital. And then a lot of times they just stream it. So I'm kind of curious what, how you guys feel about that. Like, cause I know you make very, very little whenever it's just streamed. Right. Well, you know what, that's, it's kind of new territory for us. Um, all the streaming is, I mean, I know it's been around for a little while, but we're becoming more aware of that. And so far, it's worked out fine. I mean, I am aware that CDs are definitely going out of style. And it's kind of like, well, that's my business. What am I going to do? But so far, it's balanced out good. You know, digital distribution, you don't make as much money from it, but you're also not losing any physical product. And so it's so far, it's worked out okay. iTunes is fantastic. We're And then all the streaming, you do get a small amount from it, from the streaming but it does add up over time because you're getting a little bit of money every time someone listens to a song. Sure. So I guess we'll just have to see, you know, wait and see. But I mean, it's, there's not really much you can do to stop it. Right. And even even if you're not making bukus and money from it, it's still publicity and the music is getting out there. More people are hearing about it. And I'm just uh, trusting that it, it'll all balance out in the end, you know. Cool, cool. Yeah, I've always just been curious about that because personally, I I love having a physical CD because I like being able to read through the liner notes and that kind of stuff. I'm just a music, here. <laughs> I, I'm just a music nerd, so I love that. But I still do right. listen a lot on my phone as well. So a lot of times, I listen. I, I I'm a Google Play All Access member, so I play monthly for that subscription. But then, if it's an album that I really like, then I'll go ahead and purchase the digital copy as well. So, um, right. I, cause I want to support the artist, you know? And so I, I'll, I'll buy the digital copy, but I'd still love having that physical CD too. But I know there's very few people like me. <laughs> no, you're right. A lot of people could care less about what it says inside the graphics. I do. Cause especially cause I recorded, I like to see who the musicians are and all that good stuff. But, um, most people don't care about that. So anyway, I'm really hoping that iTunes will um, develop something where you can actually get the graphics with um, a CD download. I think that would be really neat. Yeah. So you can still get all that good information. But I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not really sure where all this music stuff is heading because it seems like it's easier and easier to get all kinds of music access without paying very much. So I don't know what that means for artists. But anyway, so far, all the digital music has been a blessing to us financially, I mean, and not seemingly a hindrance. So I don't know. That's good. That's good. Well, and that's why I like how you put all the lyrics on your website too, so that people have access to that if they get a digital copy. So that's great. Right. Right. Well, thank you so much. That was a, that was great. Keep doing what you're doing. We, we really appreciate it. And, uh, you're doing fantastic work and, and, uh, love what you're doing. Well, thank you, J.D. I appreciate you taking the time to call. Danae Joy's music is worshipful, it's encouraging, and it's refreshing. Her vocals are clean and clear, and they just make you want to sing right along with her. You can find the lyrics for her songs and purchase all of her CDs, as well as albums from other family members at joysoundproductions.com. And as always, links to the website and the music are at christianmusicdigest.com slash eight. Well, that's all for issue number eight of Christian Music Digest. I'd appreciate it if you'd let me know what you think of the show. You can leave a comment on the website, christianmusicdigest.com. Send me an email to feedback at christianmusicdigest.com. 
or call the listener feedback line at 623-688-2770. Again, that is 623-688-2770. Links to all the music mentioned in this issue can be found in this issue's show notes at christianmusicdigest.com slash eight. Christian Music Digest is a production of Porchlight Family Media. Our theme music was composed by Sam Avendano. Mixing and post-production on this episode was by Christopher Green of Green Streams Studio, with some editing by yours truly. Our website is christianmusicdigest.com. Until next time, this is JD saying adios.